This never happened to the other fellow. When it comes to love it or hate it movies, it doesn't get much more divisive than on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's probably caused more arguments than any other film made. Is it the best Bond movie ever, or The Devil's Spawn, beside which even the hapless A View to a Kill can be considered tolerable? Come to that, is it really a Bond film at all? Seriously, if we change the names of the key characters Bond and Blofeld, and the MI6 characters M, Q and Moneypenny, would it even be a Bond film? Where are the death-defying stunts, the pool of sharks, the falling from an airplane without a parachute, the impossible-to-escape-from-grisly fate that the captured Bond escapes from anyway? And where's the Bond title theme song? Come to that, where's James Bond himself, Sean Connery? Who is this imposter from Down Under, muscling in on the role that belongs to, and only to, Scotland's finest actor? And how did said imposter get to wear a kilt and play the Scot when Connery did not? And yet, after indeterminable pondering and more rewinds and replays than any other film should have to endure, I finally slotted on Her Majesty's Secret Service at a respectable number nine on my list of the ten best Bond movies ever. That's pretty impressive. Just eight films rated higher. So, what gives? It's a good question. On the one hand, we have my favourite Avenger, Diana Rigg, in a film with one of the most powerful love songs ever, holding the show together for the new Bond face, and with what at the time was no doubt wonderfully exotic Swiss mountain scenery. On the other hand, we have a story that lacked the pace and punch of the earlier Bond films, and that had abandoned the Durigur madman set to take over the world or die trying for a rather mundane threat to kill cows involving the lollipop-sucking bald-headed detective Kojak, with his ears pinned back, obsessing over his family tree. As for the gadgets? What gadgets? The venerable Q makes a couple of fleeting appearances, but there's not an injector seat, Geiger counter watch, or jet pack to be seen. All the Bond bang and bluster we had come to expect in a Bond movie had been set aside in favour of telling the story Fleming told in the book. Which is fine for the books, but this is not what we go to the big screen to see when it says James Bond on the ticket. And the box office taking screamed their protest at this flagrant breach of the Bond producer's unwritten contract with the cinema-goers. There was never a Bond film like this before, and there would never be again. Bottom line is, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is a love story that just happens to be about James Bond, and just happens to have Bond Archville and Blofeld hanging around, and just happens to have the other key members of the Bond cast putting in a token appearance. And yet, here it is at number nine on my list, and no, and no, not because of some adolescent infatuation with Diana Rigg. It was by no means Diana Rigg's finest role. Give me the wonderful Mrs Emma Peel alongside fellow Avenger John Steed any day of the week. But what On Her Majesty's Secret Service does is to reveal a human side of the James Bond character we had never been exposed to before, and likely never will be again. As for the ending, whatever we may think of the rest of the film, this has to be the best ending to any of the Bond movies. And when you throw in Louis Armstrong and that song, was there a dry eye anywhere in the house? The macho boys might have been explaining to wives and girlfriends they were in tears over how bad Lazenby had been. But seriously, this wasn't just the most powerful Bond ending of the series. This was up there with the most powerful film endings of all time. 
For that ending alone, On Her Majesty's Secret Service warrants a place in the 10 best Bond movies ever.